Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 477 with our review of Killing of a Sacred Deer. I'm Stephen Miller, and with me is Carson Patrick. Hello! And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review show. Each week, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest release that's coming to a theater near you. Uh, yeah, this week, we're doing a weird one. <laughs> we're doing Chris's favorite director from last year. <laughs> <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, the the Greek director who's filmed The Lobster. I don't remember if Chris just like hated hated it. I don't remember if we reviewed it at all or if we just like refused to review it. <clears throat> we did not review it. Um, no, but I heard uh, through you that he was not a fan. Nope, no. <laughs> not at all. And I can't imagine him being a fan of uh, his other movies. No, and of, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil this one, but I would be utterly shocked if chris was a fan of this one if it was it'd be because he found some like bizarre thing like colin farrell went back in time (laughs) he'd have some theory that no one else saw in the movie yeah i mean i am of the belief especially after seeing this movie not to get too far ahead but i am thinking that like since his style is so distinct that if you don't like one of his movies there's no reason you should like any of his others like but i will say if there's anyone to challenge that it's the schnaze because we all know he could come up with some crazy convoluted reasoning for uh being like well this one's acceptable but this one isn't you know and if this is your first time listening to us this is a podcast (laughs) where two people talk about a third person who's not there uh yeah so so Christopher Schnazy is usually the host of this podcast. Who am I kidding? There's no new listeners. But yeah, so Chris is still in <laughs> Russia right now. He's in Moscow. I don't know when you hear this, if he will still be in Moscow, if he'll be back in the U.S. or if he'll be in a gulag somewhere. Uh, it all depends on if he decides to edit it this week. But for now, yeah. Karsten and I, in the historic third time ever, first week ever, uh, we are hosting the podcast without Chris, yes. ruining his baby. So oh, just, yeah. It's a Serbian film up in here. We're just going mother all over it. Um, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're diving in. We're debating. We're discussing. Oh, we're discussing. Oh. So I think we we briefly talked. So so normally we have a uh, like an opening question. At least lately Chris has been doing it. Uh, In lieu of that, we were thinking before about reviewing briefly another Autors movie that came out in the last week. Uh, I didn't see it. But I did see a trailer for Lady Bird today, which makes me still want to hear a tiny bit about what you thought of the Meyerowitz stories by Noah Baumbach, Carson. Are you oh, willing to okay. grace us with your little review? Sure. Um, yeah, that I, I thought you were setting that up as to say that you also watched it. But uh, um, yeah, I think I briefly mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago that I watched it and I, I I mean I really enjoyed it um I think that uh it was I can't really place it in terms of some of his recent stuff but it's minor uh, Bombach uh, a little bit yeah um it's definitely Reference to minor Dickens anyway. <laughs> it's definitely a little it's definitely more uh in the uh Greenberg territory than some of the the Greta Gerwig, like Mistress America or Francis Ha, like that was a little more uh, mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I made the kind of comment that that uh, when I saw Brad's status, that was sort of like the the generic version of a Noah Baumbach movie, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, which is, I guess, uh, I mean, I liked, I have liked most of uh, Mike White's stuff, but that, that movie, man, was just so like, it missed the mark for me. So I was happy that, uh, you know, I got the real thing a couple weeks later, uh, also with Ben Stiller too. Um, so I, I, I I mean, I really enjoyed it. The writing, of, of course, always solid, um, and it was great. Always great to see Adam Sandler do uh, drama again. Man, I really wish he would do more dramas. Like, I, I'm still on the Adam Sandler like comedy train, like Party of One, I guess. Like, I'll still <laughs> even I'm, like I, his later comedies. Oh yeah, like I'm. I still get excited anytime he he'll drop whatever new comedy on Netflix now. Um, but uh, you know, it's always cool to see Adam Sandler do the drama stuff too and he's he's really really good in this movie and him and ben stiller have like a lot of great chemistry as one would expect they play uh, siblings in the movie right right half brothers as they always say because that, that's kind of a running gag throughout the movie that oh so, you guys so are brothers I'm, right I'm, I'm a little curious from seeing the synopsis and i totally meant to watch it it's on netflix so i have no excuse except i couldn't find two hours yet um, cause I decided to watch a depressing Greek filmmaker instead. Um, mm. but it, it kind of seems like two very different versions of Noah Baumbach. There's like the, the middle years, the two thousands when he was doing all dysfunctional family stuff like Squid and the Whale, Greenberg. And then there's the later stuff, which is more like kind of slapsticky, peppy dialogue. And the, the trailer for this felt like a little bit of both, right? Like it, it felt a little bit more playful than like. I don't know, Dustin Hoffman seemed more fun than Jeff Daniels in Squid and the Whale. But then thematically, it also felt very, like, uncomfortable. I'm I'm wondering which... Do you think this was more pleasant than his old stuff? Or do you think it's kind of like a return to return to form? Um, no, it's definitely more pleasant than, like, Greenberg or, or Squid and the Whale uh, or Margot at the Wedding. Um, but uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman is hilarious in this movie. There's one scene where him and Ben Stiller, like, go to a bunch of different restaurants that's like the funniest shit um but honestly this kind of feels more like a throwback to kicking and screaming because there was like all the dialogue in this movie and maybe i'm just misremembering but um i don't really remember it so prominently in his other movies i do remember it very prominently in kicking and screaming though so that's why it felt like it was a throwback to that where all the characters are kind of talking over each other but, like, they're not, like, finishing their, like, people will be like, you know, be like, oh, hey, Steven, what are you doing? And then you'll just be like, oh, uh, I saw something. Like, you'll just go on to, like, a like, completely different topic. Like, that's, like, how all I, the I kind of felt like is. Mistress America had that, though. It was, like, the super yeah written dialogue. And I couldn't remember if it was, like, that way, but it's, like, even more so, I feel like, in, in this one, um, which I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a lot more of a pleasant tone, but still very, uh, very much the case of like, you kind of have to like that, you know, like his movies in that style. Otherwise it probably won't be as appealing, but. Well, I'll have to check it out. But speaking of people whose movies, you have to just like (laughs) their style. Yes. (laughs) Today we're reviewing Killing of a Sacred Deer by Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, yes, or my the relationship. Killing, or the killing of a sack, which has how it read on my ticket. <laughs> um, 
So my relationship with Yorgos Lanthimos, like I'm aware of Dogtooth, but the only movie I've actually seen of his is The Lobster, um, which is mm. interesting because I think now in hindsight, The Lobster is probably a kind of outlier in terms of the the types of movies he makes. Um, but anyway, I assume you're pretty familiar with like Dogtooth and Alps at least. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen them both. And were you generally a fan? Oh yeah, yeah. I can't tell you, uh, especially Alps, I can't tell you what it all means, but uh, it was cool. (laughs) All right, uh, so we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Killing of a Sacred Deer, then come back and give you our review. We, we don't have to worry about nothing, because we got the fire, and we're burning one hell of a something. They're gonna see us from outer space. Yeah, I'm really sorry outer about Bob. It's nothing serious. No, it is. Like we're the stars of the human race. Human race. Where did you two go? When the lights started out, they don't know what they heard. Check the match, playing loud, giving love to the world. How did his father die? A surgeon never kills a patient. An anesthesiologist can kill a patient, but a surgeon never can. Don't be scared, Mom. You'll see. You won't be able to move either. So get used to it. Where is she? What did you do to her? I don't understand why I should have to pay the price. Why my children should have to pay the price. It's the only thing I can think of as close to justice. We can light it up, 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 so they can put it out, out, out. Okay, so the killing of a sacred deer follows uh, a charismatic surgeon who is forced to make an unthinkable sacrifice after his life starts to fall apart when the behavior of a teenage boy he has taken under his wing turns sinister. Also, I feel like we should make preemptive apologies uh, for all the terrible Irish accents that we attempt. I'm I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I've learned better than trying to do an accent. <laughs> oh, does, don't does you the know? Does really say charismatic? It does. I it actually um, <laughs> it does. It says okay. Steve, it says Stephen, a charismatic surgeon. I left out the Stephen because I didn't want to. Oh, Doctor Stephen Murphy. Just a lovable Irishman. That is a troll of a synopsis if I've ever heard one. (laughs) (laughs) This This movie is fucked up. End of synopsis. Uh, Anyway, yeah. I'm I'm more curious about you, so I'm going to go to you first. Uh, Carson Patrick, what did you think of this movie? Oh, man. I, I love this movie. I think this is my favorite movie of his. I'm gonna start it right off the bat. Um, I, I, there are a couple moments in this movie where I, I really had to contain myself from laughing extremely hard. Like it is a, it's some of the funniest, darkest shit um, in a long time. Uh, And I, I wouldn't want it any other way from, from Yorgos. Like it's so much. Like I said earlier, like he has such a distinct style and um, just a really, just a crazy voice. Like I, I know that like, you know, the 
it's it's so strong like you know you'd immediately recognize one of his movies like if you were to just watch it and not know that you know he was behind it um but i really liked in this how it's there's a lot i mean there's i feel like there's i guess a lot of horror vibes throughout his movies but this felt like a really like straight up horror movie that he was doing um where the I mean, it's essentially a, a revenge movie, and the person getting the revenge is a psychopath. Um, so I like that sort of twist on that. Um, and the, the approach to it is very much his own, but it feels very much uh, like a Kubrick movie. Like, there's, the, you know, you've got the crazy, just um, very, like, stark, intense steady cam shots throughout the hospital very, very shining-esque you know and obviously like crazy kids and stuff but then he then he pulls out like all the fucking you know uh uh the zooms and stuff from like barry linden and shit so there's a lot of really and like all the the classical music and stuff so i you know really what else like that all the classical music force majeure your favorite movie. oh right yes but that did that have was that all classical music or was it like a real score? Oh, it it was like classical music all the time. Hmm. I but but in this it felt like so just off kilter, and it was really like in your face, which I like. Um, there was a couple moments where like it really takes you by surprise with some like just really off the wall strings coming at you. Uh, but yeah, like I, you know. The, the movie has, like, the signature humor that all of his movies have, and it's that, like, very just matter-of-fact, like, bluntness um, and, and people saying just absurd things in the most, like, nonchalant ways. Um, I think Colin Farrell... I feel like him and Yorgos are, like, a match made in heaven. Like, he play, he plays, like, the the, like, just the unassuming dweeb, like, so well. Um... His character in this really feels like it's a sequel to his character in The Lobster. Um, just that, I don't know, just like the, that dweebiness um, and, his, and his delivery of all the dialogue uh, is really, really hilarious. Um, so he was obviously a standout, but um, uh, Barry Keegan, uh, a.k.a. Bobo Ty Sheridan a.k.a. kid who got pushed on the boat in Dunkirk. Uh, he is really fantastic in this movie. Like, talk about a grade-A creeper. Man, like, he is... And and I would say that, like, if this were his, like, first movie, like, I would kind of be concerned that he would just get typecast as, like, creepers, but since he was playing a completely different part and was uh, very... Uh, good at it in Dunkirk. Um, I, I think maybe that my he's memory is wrong, going what, places. Didn't he seem in Dunkirk at least like mildly troubled or off? I felt like he was still like he wasn't a creeper, but he was definitely still uh, playing a, a a silent type where the silence maybe, is a little strange. I don't know. I remember. I remember feeling. Uh, <laughs> I remember feeling very bad for his character. Um, he just seemed like a guy. He just seemed like he wanted to help out, but like didn't really have much to do. You know, I don't know. 
Um, I didn't really get the fact that he was troubled, but not in and not in this way, not in this sense. Um, but uh, feel free to step in at any time because you know me, I'll just keep going. Yeah, sure, I can. I, I can dive in and give my review. So, but the bottom line is that it's super funny. Like, there's a couple parts, especially when Colin Farrell is like force feeding Bob. Oh, Bob! Bob is so good in this movie. The kid who played Bob, um, when he was forced to, he's like, "You're gonna eat these donuts." <laughs> I, I don't know why it was so funny. It was so funny. It's like, there's five donuts in this box. They're maybe we all going to come back. <laughs> uh, Stern parenting. Oh yeah, you gotta eat those cinnamon donuts, dude. So, anyway, um. Anyway, I, I was aware of Yorgos, as I mentioned before. Um, I saw The Lobster, loved The Lobster. I, I think it was just phenomenal. Um, and, and in The Lobster, there was kind of a very similar tone. It was this flat... Oh, okay, so when I talk about Wes Anderson, I normally like liken his movies to a dollhouse, where everyone is kind of like living in a dollhouse, and it's very theatrical. Mm -hmm. Yorgos's movies are more like... I had this game on my computer when I was a kid that was the American Girls game where you could type text and they would like walk out on stage and deliver it in like <laughs> a, like a text-to-speech type thing. Like, <laughs> the... hello, my name is Sarah. And that's more what Yorgos's dialogue is like. It, it is like, <laughs> I almost trolled this review. I, I wanted to troll it by describing it as like an incredibly naturalistic movie, but I couldn't, I couldn't even get it out. Like, th this is... <laughs> Like, off-kilter is definitely how this is written and how this is meant to be performed. And in The Lobster, that made complete sense as a satire. Like, watching people, quote, fall in love and be forced to fall in love under this backdrop of complete emotional numbness was, was like, hilarious. Um, this movie keeps the same tone, and I don't, I don't know what to do with it. Like, it... It's very distinctive. It definitely puts you in a really, really, really weird headspace. Um, I mean, I laughed at Colin Farrell being described as charismatic in the synopsis of this movie because <laughs> before before yeah. anything goes down in this movie, like one of his first big lines is, uh, <laughs> "Our daughter started menstruating this week." Oh, that was <laughs> like hilarious. that's just his idea of like making conversation. Well, and him his uh, very enthusiastic conversation with his uh, anesthesiologist. Yeah, uh, about the, the watch that he about bought. the watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, in the, like like you could kind of compare Lanthimos Colin Farrell with Martin McDonough Colin Farrell as like two right. opposite ends of a spectrum, right? Where one is unhinged and the other is like on heroin or something. Like th this is like very 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 dry Colin Farrell. And oh yeah, like it builds a tone that I think works like you mentioned kubrick i would say like cronenberg or lynch too like very kind of like yeah. unsettling strange it's heightened and it, like that heightened nature starts at the very beginning like the movie opens with just a close-up of a beating organ i assume it's a heart but maybe i don't know what hearts look like um and then <laughs> yeah, there's a slow pan back sure and then the next shot is just this walk through this like very kubrick endless seeming hospital where it's like they're on a conveyor belt and they're just like two surgeons talking about what watch they're gonna buy like yeah, right right away like it puts you in dullest conversation yeah it just puts you in the most like very weird parable type situation ever and that it's very surreal 
it's very like it has the kind of body horror of some of those other filmmakers. Like it's it's definitely trying to provoke you, and it's I I don't know how to how to place this movie because there's on the one hand that provocation really works. Like you mentioned, I'm going to pronounce Barry, Barry Keegan. Is that how you say it? That's, that's Kogan? what I'm going with. <laughs> All right. We're going with Keegan. This uh, is Bobo Ty Sheridan. Like, like Barry Keegan is, is definitely a very, very, very off-putting character. Yeah. But in the context of the movie, everyone is also off-putting already. <laughs> so oh, it's yeah. like, like cali- calibrating to that is kind of funny. Like the the vanilla version of this movie would have been the gift, right? Like that's like a revenge right. film where a character kind of he kind of is... looks like a young Joel Edgerton. Yeah, yeah. he he has the same yeah. kind of vibe. Or another another comparison would be Prisoners. Like he kind of has a Paul Dano type thing where he's weird and off putting, oh, like... <laughs> and you don't trust him. But I thought like... you were gonna say that the dude who 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 has all the snakes in his house that Jake oh, that's Gyllenhaal. A good... that, yeah, that, that works dude. too. Yeah, that creepy guy. He's yeah. also he also shows up in Blade Runner as another oh, nice. creepy guy. But but ass. anyway, these are like 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 okay, basically the the plot of the movie barring that weird synopsis on IMDb is like <laughs> a a surgeon it's basically given away in the trailer. A surgeon is given some kind of Sophie's choice situation as oh, yeah, payback definitely. as payback for a sin that he committed. <laughs> like a yeah, it's basically just a, a morality tale where he is being sort of haunted by this very strange character and being forced to watch as people close to him get sick and come to harm. And there are so many, like, like, like on the surface, that's a very, very, very straightforward story. It's like there's a moral, you get what's coming to you, make a choice, boom. And the movie doesn't really want to go outside that. Like, it kind of, it doesn't want you to wonder the mechanism. It doesn't want you to know how are these bad things happening or, like, what made Colin Farrell and his family so bizarre to begin with. It just says, like, take our word for it. This is the situation. Now watch things slowly unravel. And, like, the the mood building there works. Like there, there's a lot of kind of cool cinematic things that go on, like really, really, really weird wide angle shots. And like, there's one moment where out of nowhere, the camera is just like on the floor and shaky, like underneath yeah, them as I, they're walking. I noticed that too, like when they were walking in and then also at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what the, there was clearly like a conscious choice as to why that all of a sudden was, I don't know. There's probably some like, um, it's like the vantage point of god or something you know some bullshit like that i don't know i don't really know there was also like and i i think i'm a sucker for soundtrack like to me soundtrack equals ooh that was an interesting movie because the soundtrack got really loud but this movie like plays with the louds and quiets very 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 strongly like there are there are moments where this soundtrack that is borderline cacophony like not even really music all the time it's just booming so hard you can't hear the dialogue. And then yeah. it'll cut to the next scene where it's just completely silent while someone's driving in the car. Like, it, it's definitely building a very uncomfortable tension. Mm-hmm. And it, it gives you this feeling that absolutely anything could happen because there's no logic to it. There's no reason anything shouldn't happen. But I, I don't know. I Like, it, it worked on me, but I don't understand what it was for. And The Lobster, I felt like I totally understood 
why that tone was chosen. And here it just feels more like a provocative filmmaker trying to make you feel out of your element, which is fine. That's what that's what people do. Uh, but it, it's not my my absolute favorite thing to do. So, like, for me, this would defy rating, and it would certainly defy, like, Schnazy rating. Cause it, <laughs> like, it, it did what it wanted, you know. It it wanted to make you feel super uncomfortable. Uh, it built tension. And, like, Yorgos loves to just pull the tension for everything it's worth. Like, there will be a scene that should last 10 seconds that will just last, like, three minutes while we watch Colin Farrell spin in a circle over and over and over again. <laughs> and, like, on, a, on his face, like of, like, of course, the plot of that moment is terrifying. But in most movies, it wouldn't be terrifying in that way. Like, it wouldn't be so uncomfortable and queasy and kind of... I don't know. He's he's poking at your eye. The, the, I, I was glad to see the ending of The Lobster got, like, a physical payoff here. We finally get to see some bloody eyes. So, nice. Oh, he yeah. finally got his little Boonwell thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. it it's a weird one. And it definitely builds this tone. It definitely looks nice. It looks much more professional than like what I've seen of his older films. Like it definitely has that kind of big, big movie feeling. Um, I just I mean, can't. I, I, I can't speak like... to any of the. I can't speak to the acting because everybody is super robotic and very, very, very strange. I mean, but which that's is what like... they're supposed to do. I mean, it's interesting because you know a lot of a lot of directors get. Um, like when they they make like a couple good like super awesome you know movies in their native language and then they come to you know an english language feature and it doesn't translate um but i thought that his stuff has translated really well like the just that that super blunt nonchalant delivery of like absurd sometimes like really messed up things um i thought it i thought it really has uh, paid off um so i guess i guess like where i come from like with the lobster because like you're kind of saying that like it, that fit more with like what the themes of that movie were and stuff like i i don't know i think i guess just because like i went in with the lobster already having seen the his other two movies and knowing what to expect so like that just was more of the same i was like oh i'm glad that his voice came through and wasn't muddled you know um in in an uh his english language debut um so i feel like this is even more of what he's been building on um just even taking it even further and seeing like how awkward he can make make it and how you know how much you're like willing to laugh at or not or you know what i mean like that i i feel like that's why i really enjoyed this one the most because he's he's just taking it pushing it even further and crossing the line more. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, there's... So he, he's definitely pushing boundaries. And I like the, the reason I'm conflicted is like, I understand him as a provocateur and it, like he nails that. Like this is a movie that everyone in this movie is feeling the discomfort and the craziness of what is going on. Like there, there's no doubting that he, he sets a mood from very bare bones things that like, in another person's hands would would not have provoked that mood from you. Like if I compare this to Mother, and I you know I I kind of liked Mother for being provocative too, but Mother there were moments where I was like kind of laughing at how uh, 
how like far up his own ass Aronofsky was. Oh yeah. Uh, like like you could tell this is a person thinking he's serious. And this this movie by contrast is like inscrutable. You don't you don't ever think, ah, that's what he's doing. Come on, Yorga. Like Right. He, well, cause he, he has like a yeah. crazy vision and he sticks to it. Uh, and I also think, uh, like Mother, you know, Mother being very allegorical, and I feel like there is, uh, like, a a big allegory, and it, it's metaphorical. You know, there's, like, that was my Martin impression. Um, I feel like there's definitely a lot of that going on in here, but it doesn't feel like, like, I can't, I'm not smart enough to tell you what exactly it all means. Apparently, it's based on, like, a Greek tragedy or something. I even said after he walked out to Sarah, I was like, it's probably based on some, like, Greek story we were not smart enough to know. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, there's there's a lot of stuff in that. Like, like, the ending, especially, um, I feel like the ending of The Lobster was kind of cut and dry. Like, you, I mean, it, it was ambiguous. You could kind of make up your own theory as to what you thought. It was cut into something. yeah. But, I mean, it was pretty clear, like, what was happening, you know? Um, like, in Alps, like I said, it ended. I was like, I don't know what the fuck was going on. Like, I, I still don't know, but that's okay. Um, and here, there was a little bit of that where I was like, okay, clearly this is, like, a metaphor for something. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't really care, though. It's fine. I'm I'm just happy to revel in the the imagery and the hilarity um yeah i mean, I mean it, it's for sure a mood piece and the so i i don't disagree with the fact that there were super funny bizarre things being said i don't know if to me it was hilarious so much as the like there's something about being in such a dark place and then having a character say something so ludicrous that like there, there needs to be a new word for what it makes you feel. <laughs> like I don't think, I don't think hilarious is the word. It's more like, oh, oh, oh. that that's my that's my noise for what it makes. Was you that feel. was that your was that your hucking noise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of hucking, I did eat uh, prosciutto fig pizza while I watched oh, this movie. Oh man, um, Chris is getting he's getting hungry right now hearing that. But yeah, I, I definitely you definitely see the Greek tragedy of it again. It's it's like such a simple tragedy in the like in the telling of it um and you you can think of things he's kind of poking at like the wealthy middle class the idea of the quote content man with the perfect life like i don't know what would count as a spoiler and what wouldn't but among other things colin farrell and nicole kidman their kids are extremely stilted and kind Mm. of speak to them with thank yous and i'm sorry is in very 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 strange uncomfortable ways uh the the only way colin farrell can get hard apparently is by nicole kidman laying in her underwear and pretending to be in anesthesia (laughs) so he can (laughs) which you know that that's what you want all surgeons to do Um, that's what everybody does right like there's like there's a lot that with context if it were a more quote heady movie it would be like satirizing something, right? You'd be like, oh, wow, it really tore down that archetype. It it really showed you the darkness behind the American dream. But like that, that's not what he's going for here, right? He might have little sprinkles of something that he wants to talk about. But for the most part, I think it's just set up a very unpleasant, provocative situation, watch it play out in his signature style, and try to make every shot look as nice as possible. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just him, like, um, just just cracking up. Anytime, anytime the kids were crawling around on the floor, I just could imagine him, like, thinking, like, oh, this is gonna slay. <laughs> In his mind, like, that was so funny. And uh, I, I thought it was funny, too, but um, just, like, what he perceives as funny is so, like not the majority opinion on what is considered funny. It's very askew. Like, it's very yeah. off. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, in a year that gave us Raw, this definitely still had the most painful arm-biting scene that I've seen this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was way, way more... Uh, way better than Raw. The entirety of Raw. <laughs> I guess Dogtooth um, didn't <clears throat> shy away from this either, right? That was That was a pretty pretty gory type movie oh yeah Dogtooth is really messed up there's a lot of um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of messed up stuff in that there's a lot of like crazy incest and stuff it's it's not the wild. normal incest we're talking the oh, crazy no. kind super crazy um yeah but that same you know like just bizarrely funny yeah and there is like a lot of just like kind of kind of like stark violence and stuff um but uh, yeah like I, I don't know like i don't want to I, I don't know if we should have i don't know if you want to have a spoiler segment because mm, I, don't I don't know, know. it's up to you it depends if there's something you really want to want to get off your chest it's really just to to to, to say how much i laughed at the <laughs> at the end uh but yeah basically the end of the so at the end of the movie um i really had to i, I was really busting up laughing um when colin farrell was doing his thing during um, the musical chairs scene yeah yeah i don't know why but that was so funny to me um probably because i'm just a terrible person but yeah it was really you and funny both apparently i was <laughs> Yeah, and the bleedy eyes and everything. That that was all funny. Oh, and and the daughter saying like, you know, can I have your MP3 player when you die? I that that part was to me the funny part in in the really dark third act of this movie is when Colin Farrell is talking to like the principal of the high school. Oh and yes. trying to figure out which of his kids is better. <laughs> and eventually he just asks like, if you had to choose, who do you prefer? <laughs> that was definitely like the. The Sophie's Choice moment with uh, with a very darkly humorous uh, mm. bent, yeah, and, and that just like again that he like played it so well and being like such a total like dork, total dweeb. Um, he definitely does dweeb very well. Yeah, that's why it felt like an extension of his character from the Lobster. Like he even kind of looked similar. I yeah, guess. it kind of seems like this is this is the marriage. And the children that he was given to stop the arguing. And (laughs) now this is, like, just showing them 16 years later. Yeah. Like, even when their dog, when their dog, like, came, like, when they first showed their family dog, I was like, oh, this dog's gonna die. Like, I thought, I thought that they might, they might, uh, I don't know, but they didn't, they didn't go there. They'll be too similar. Anyway. Anyway, um... I think this is the time in the show where I ask Carson Patrick if you were to give this film a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? 
Um, I would definitely give it a must-see. Uh, but I will say the guys, the two guys in the bathroom after the movie, they would definitely give it a must-avoid. I, for some reason, I've lately just been getting all the great like men's room hot takes afterwards. Because these two like guys, the only were the like, brave guys that were like, yeah. "Fuck, man!" <laughs> yeah, that was a stronger guy. No, before only the brave. I was in the bathroom. There was a dude whistling uh, "Imagine Dragons" believer, which I thought was funny. And then he tried to he tried to do the thing where like he thought I would like chime into his conversation and be like, "Oh, new bathrooms, right?" And I was just like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna engage in this." But it was kind of like here the, often. This is kind of like the same thing where like the there were like two kind of older guys, like maybe like late 50s. And the one guy was just like, well, I guess this is what I guess this is just what filmmaking is nowadays. And the one guy and the other guy was just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. OK, I picked it. It was bad. Like He was like trying to apologize. To him. <laughs> but they were talking like they were doing like the really loud conversation, like in hopes that someone else in the bathroom would chime in like yeah yeah that movie sucked you know which is funny nice anyway what did you think of this movie are you gonna have to rate it like okay well if you're a grandma it's a must avoid and if you're like uh, like me in time travel you know like eight thousand different ways or or are you just gonna Let's rate see, from it, your heart? if you're yogos lanthimos's grandma i think you have to see it like it's gonna come <laughs> up in conversation um no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do the cop out. I've been. I've been debating because, like, what do you give a movie that is trying to be as off-putting as possible? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, what do you tell people? You kind of need to gauge. Like, do you want to be off-put right now? Like, how are you put? Should it be off? If so, have I have I got a place that you should go? Um, I don't know. I mean, I loved the lobster. I'm trying to remember. Did I give Mother wait for rental or pass or recommend with a caveat? I don't remember. Uh, I think you gave it, I think we both gave it a recommend. Okay, I would, I, I mean, I'll go for consistency here. I'm going to give this, like, it's somewhere between a rental and recommend. I'll, I'll say recommend. Like, if you want to see this movie and you aren't fooled by the trailer into thinking this is just, like, a traditional psychological thriller. Like, reviews are acting like this is a psychological thriller. And whatever this is, like, I think you need to give it a new category. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, so, uh, yeah, it definitely is, uh, it's definitely its own thing. I mean, it's kind of playing into, like, horror and and psychological thriller, but it's doing its, doing its own, sure, doing it sure. in I its would, own way. I, I would say the fundamental difference, which you will get pretty much immediately when you start watching this movie, is that not only is there horror that is off-putting, but the real world is already off-putting. Like, no characters in this movie are people you latch onto and think, oh, man, what would I do if I were Colin Farrell? Like, I don't know, right. probably not jerk off to a person pretending to be on anesthesia. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's provocative. It's something. You, you don't normally get movies this bizarre that carry through on their premise to the finish line. So, like, recommend with a caveat. I'm glad I saw it. There's no way I'm going to see it again. I mean, I just love that, you know, especially with with these people have such a distinct vision, or the directors have such a distinct vision, they're creating their own world. Um, Because that's, you know, that's that's what I really hone in on and really appreciate when, like, they take the time to to make it, you know, because this movie is as far away from real life as possible. Um, 
Do you think there's a Yorgo verse? <laughs> I hope so. Um, they're all just interacting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it, it's very like a it's very much in a, in his own universe, and uh, I mean I like that a lot. I think that that like I said, this is kind of like the sort of the one of the strongest examples of that. <laughs> Well, I think we can both agree on one thing. There is no universe where Chris likes this movie. So, Chris, There's congratulations. There's no way. There's no Congratulations way. on being in Russia this week. Um, we're going to try our best to do a complete episode with all the codas and stuff that you like so much in mm. your absence. Uh, so I think this is the moment where I say that brings us to the end of this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Uh, if you want to find me throughout the week, you can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Uh, you can find Carson in the hospital because he's very busy and he's really sorry he'll get to you as soon as he can um, you can find me can... eating spaghetti uh in my own way but then i'm told that it's just the way that everyone eats spaghetti and then um it's not as cool that sounds really hard do you want to talk yeah. about it yeah um you can find the podcast over at the spoilerwarning.com where you can find a bunch of the back episodes of the show uh if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning or facebook.com slash the spoiler warning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can email us at fans at the spoilerwarning.com or use the contact form on our site uh, music for this episode is going to come from the soundtrack to killing of a sacred deer um so hopefully you're enjoying that and yeah it's been fun I don't know if we're gonna do if we're gonna do another Chrisless episode. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll surprise him. Uh, but if not, maybe it's been a pleasure, Carson Patrick. Yes, the the same. All right. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>